reading, writing, exercise, meditation, healthy eating, and quality sleep. If you optimize these six pillars of your life, then you can become superhuman. You can prepare your mind and your body such that the genius within you flows through you unimpeded. We all have that genius within us. But in the beginning, it exists as pure potential. It's your job to prepare your vessel such that you have the capacity to express that potential into the physical world. This is self-actualization, and I see it as the purpose of life. So in this episode, I'm going to show you how to start your journey and share with you some practices that you can implement to your life today. Vámonos. You're listening to the Elder Llama Podcast, the show that inspires curious minds to ponder the secrets of the universe. My name is Erica Mezqua. I'm a UCLA undergrad STEM major, and in this podcast, I combine my knowledge of astrophysics, evolutionary biology, and the nature of the human mind to make cohesive observations about the world. First off, and most importantly, you gotta sleep. The foundation for life of well-being is quality sleep. It affects every aspect of your life. Your social life, your health, your sexual drive, your cognition, your creativity. The list goes on. If you want to be superhuman, your path starts with optimizing your sleep. Consistent, quality sleep. Here are some tips that you can implement for bettering your sleep. One, take magnesium supplements. Now, I'm not exactly sure why magnesium helps, but I saw it on the internet, so it must be true. Two, stay away from screens an hour before bedtime. This one's obvious, you've heard it before, but let me tell you why it's important. Your screens emit high-energy light called blue light. Blue light tells your brain that it's daytime. Your brain responds by raising cortisol levels to get you up and moving, and you don't want to do that right before bed. That's a recipe for a poor night's sleep. And most people are doing that every night. If you're one of those people, this is something you can improve upon starting tonight. Which brings me to my next point. If you can use only red light when the sun goes down, then you're going to be very tired right before bed. Red light signals to your brain to start producing melatonin and getting you all neurochemically ready for a nice, nice nap. Next, have a set bedtime that you adhere to. Your brain loves schedules, so pick a time and stick to it. You're going to find that right before that time, you're going to be slumped af. Circadian rhythm, something, something. Your body knows when it's going to get those sweet, sweet REM cycles. Okay, last tip. Exercise during the day. If your body's tired physically, then falling asleep is going to be much easier. Even getting the heart rate up once during the day, not even a full-out workout, will help you get better sleep. If you optimize your sleep, everything in your life is going to be better. Sleep should be your priority. It's up to you to stick to your bedtime. And I consider it one of the highest forms of self-love. Okay, next pillar. Exercise slash physical optimization. When you move until you're hot and sweaty, your blood starts to really flow. And blood flow is vitality. Think about it. Your blood contains nutrients, hormones, immune cells, oxygen. These are the molecular manifestations of vitality in the human body. 
the pure goodness that will keep you young, happy, healthy, your cells nourished and functioning optimally. So if your blood flow is banging, then your body will thrive. Recognize that the technology that is the human body evolved in an environment of frequent physical exertion. So if you want access to the full potential of your avatar, exercise consistently. Now, how can you optimize your blood flow? One of the best ways is cold exposure. When you get in cold water, your veins, arteries, and capillaries constrict to preserve heat. This vasoconstriction, as it's called, strengthens your cardiovascular system, such that your body can transport blood and oxygen with ease. This means more oxygen to your brain, more energy, less stress, and this last one's pretty good, less cancer. If you compare this with frequent heat exposure as well, like sauna sessions, to optimize your vasodilation, then your brain and body will be feasting on all the oxygen and nutrients they need. This next component of physical optimization, I would also consider meditation, but it's really good for maximizing your oxygen intake, so I'm going to include it here. This is deep breathing exercises. One session of deep breathing a day will strengthen your lungs, work your endocrine system, and have you feeling zen af. The key part I'll focus on here is lung health. When your lungs are strong and healthy, you naturally breathe deeper. So by optimizing your lungs then, you will maximize your oxygen intake, which will improve your health and function, as well as maximize your carbon dioxide outtake, which will lower stress and anxiety. Let me talk a little bit about that latter feature. Carbon dioxide is the waste product of cellular respiration. Your cells excrete it into your blood system, where it gets transported to your lungs and you exhale it out. The thing is, most people breathe really, really shallowly. So instead of getting rid of that carbon, it actually gets built up in their blood and their blood becomes acidic. Their endocrine system responds by releasing cortisol, which is a stress hormone, into the blood. And before you know it, these people are in full out fight or flight mode. Their heart rate quickens, their blood pressure spikes, and they start flipping people off on the 405. Tragically, many people are in that state their entire days, every day, for decades. It's no wonder that the leading cause of death in America is heart disease. So do some deep breathing exercises. They'll make your lungs expand more fully throughout your daily life, and you'll enjoy a greater supply of oxygen. That lowers your cortisol levels, which means less stress and anxiety. And you can actually experience this right now. Take 10 huge breaths and see how you feel. Okay, a little more about cortisol. Cortisol actually inhibits testosterone production. So if you're a guy, having a naturally deeper breath will make your bro hormone soar. I personally pair this with an ashwagandha supplement, which naturally lowers cortisol in its own right. If you pair the two, deep breathing and ashwagandha, you will be flowing through life a zend out king. For some powerful deep breathing exercises, I recommend the Wim Hof Method. The YouTube channel Take a Deep Breath has some great follow-along videos that I use daily. Okay, so in conclusion, here's what you need to do to optimize your body. Exercise to allow your body to function as it evolved to. Explore heat and cold exposure to optimize your cardiovascular system. And do daily deep breathing exercises to optimize your lungs and maximize oxygen intake. Again, I recommend the Wim Hof method for deep breathing. If you do these things, you'll be feeling good. Absolutely, no doubt. Pillar number three, healthy eating. You are what you eat. And if that means Funyuns and Taco Bell, then you're not thriving. Gut health is key for physical and mental health. 
In fact, the gut bacteria in the intestines is responsible for producing 95% of your serotonin. And if you don't know what serotonin is, it's a neurotransmitter that is responsible for mood regulation, among other things. And an imbalance in it is called, drumroll, depression. Of course, there are many causes of depression, and not all of them have to do with gut health. But if you're out there listening to this, and you are depressed, and you know that you have a poor diet, working on your gut health by eating healthy is a powerful action you can control. Okay, so what is healthy eating? I'm not going to tell you that you should follow a particular diet, but I will give you some obvious pointers. First, you know what foods you should stay away from. You know it as in, if somebody were to tell you what foods you shouldn't eat, you wouldn't really gain any new knowledge. But if you still find yourself straying towards those foods, evidently that knowledge alone is insufficient. So here's the way I think about diet and why I'm motivated towards healthy foods. What you eat affects not only your physical body, but also your conscious experience. We've all eaten something that we knew was unhealthy and then felt like crap afterwards. But it wasn't just your physical body that felt like crap. Your very psyche was affected. Think about it. When you have 16 Oreo cookies sitting in your stomach, how motivated are you? How likely are you to be emotionally generous or suddenly overwhelmed with gratitude at your existence in that state? And crucially, what's your self-esteem like here? Do you see now how your diet affects your experience? Good food is a gateway into high vibes. Okay, next tip. Consistently eat fruits and vegetables. I'm not sure why everyone says that, but my reason for saying it is that all these foods contain fiber. And fiber is your gut bacteria's main source of food. When your gut bacteria is properly nourished, it can produce all of the goodness that it has evolved to produce for us. That includes serotonin, as well as other surprising things like the basic building blocks of your intestinal lining. If you eat a lot of pasta or processed foods, which don't really have fiber, then these bacteria do not eat, and you miss out on components crucial for your health. And what's more, such a diet can actually be detrimental to your health. If you didn't know, the gut bacteria in our intestines co-evolved with humans. We give them protection, nutrients, and access to new hosts, and they in turn make byproducts that keep our minds healthy and our bodies functioning optimally. You can help your gut bacteria out with this by eating probiotics and lots of fiber. In a way, you kind of develop a relationship with it. If they're happy and healthy, you're going to be feeling good. But if they're running off Mickey D's, then you're like not going to be having a good time. Furthermore, depending on the composition of your gut microbiome, you'll actually crave different foods. I mean, think about it. When you eat something, you're selecting for the bacteria that are able to survive off of those particular foods. And it's in those bacteria's best interest for you to keep eating those foods. So they've actually evolved mechanisms that make you crave those foods. This is why if you're switching from a poor diet to a healthy diet, it's difficult in the beginning. You still have the bacteria that likes those carbs and all that crap you're eating. But as soon as you make it past the point at which that bad bacteria is replaced by good bacteria, you actually start craving healthy foods. And then it's no longer a struggle. You eat healthy. That's what you do. One more thing about fiber. Fiber, by definition, 
cannot be completely broken down by our digestive enzymes. So it travels through our digestive system and we poop it up. This is crucial because that means that fiber gives a ball of food in our intestines shape and volume, allowing it to stimulate the insides of our intestines and signal it to contract and push food along the digestive tract. If you don't eat fiber, your food just sits there and it takes forever for you to poop it out. For this reason, it's good to start any meal with fiber. By nurturing the health of your gut microbiome, you can allow not only your physical body to thrive, but also your brain function and even your mental health. The fourth pillar, reading. There are these fantastic little portals of mind that allow you to visit the mental states of people far wiser and far more learned than you. These extraordinary devices allow you to explore the vastness of humanity's knowledge and to experience many lifetimes of understanding. They can capture decades worth of a person's study or imagination, and in fact contain most of human knowledge and culture within their pages. These devices are called books and articles, and when you read them, you are able to think the thoughts of their authors. Now, bear with me for the following portion, because as you will soon see, it is quite relevant to the importance of reading. <clears throat> the evolutionary strategy of the salmon is called our strategy. Salmon have many, many offspring, into which they invest very little time or energy. Unlike case strategists, such as primates and whales, who focus on the quality of their offspring, our strategists take the path of probability and have as many offspring as they can while investing very little into any of them. The salmon is one of these organisms. It will go through its entire life without ever meeting its parents, which means that anything the salmon learns will be something that it directly experienced. And if this information isn't passed down genetically or epigenetically, then it will be lost when the salmon dies. Humans, on the other hand, have what's called cultural evolution. Cultural evolution allows knowledge to be passed down from generation to generation, and for each generation to build upon its predecessor's experiences and knowledge. Now, the medium for this evolution is language. That means word of mouth, but it also includes writing. Books are the maintainers of this knowledge. So by reading books and articles, you are building off the knowledge of your entire species rather than what you can experience directly. The point is, don't be a salmon, bro. Read and expand upon the knowledge of your ancestors. You have value. You have something to contribute to the world that only you can contribute. And right now, it's just potential, as I spoke about at the beginning. But in order for this potential to actualize into this physical world, you have got to heal yourself of your ignorance. For the good of humanity and of Mother Earth herself, read, learn, and fulfill your potential. Number five, write. As Jordan Peterson put it, writing is formalized thinking. If you can learn how to write compellingly, you will be able to express your thoughts more effectively. This is huge because a lot goes on in that mind of yours and for your brilliance to be destroyed as it is translated into language is a real shame. So that means you have to educate yourself on how to speak fluently such that these ideas can be put into the physical world with as little information lost as possible. This is a critical step on your path to being superhuman. The ability to write well and to write compellingly will help you throughout your life. From college apps to scholarship apps to emails to career opportunities, 
good writing will open doors unto you. Learning to write well is one of the most direct ways to let your genius flow. Okay, last pillar. And this one is crucial. Meditation. Meditation is the art of understanding your mind. When you understand your mind, you begin to see the patterns that cause suffering in your life, as well as the patterns that cause happiness and peace. And when you see that, you're able to make wiser choices that in turn bring you more happiness and peace. And it becomes a positive feedback loop of greater ease and fulfillment. Through meditation, you familiarize yourself with the difference between being lost in thought and being an observer of the thought. Before someone begins some sort of meditation or introspection, this isn't a possibility. They're mostly lost in and acting out any pattern of thought and emotion that arises in their mind. With meditation and mindfulness, you can begin to notice when those thoughts are there as they arise. And this gives you some space. Now you're able to consciously decide, am I going to act upon this thought? And that's huge for being a good human. Because our mind's not always clean. Like we have thoughts of greed and jealousy and anxiety and anger sometimes. And to be at the whim of your mind always with no possibility to choose your actions is called being a chimp. Seriously, it is this possibility for conscious intervention between stimulus and response that separates the human from every other animal in the animal kingdom. And that's not an innate skill of the human. It doesn't really come naturally. You have to practice it. And when you do, you'll notice just how chaotic your mind really is. This is the monkey mind. And working to get rid of it is a powerful step towards reaching your potential. Because when you can be aware of the contents of your mind throughout most of your daily life, then you can implement your own thoughts and habits and goals and aspirations. And you become what you think about. So if you can think about your goals all day, every day, and take actions that are in line with them, then you're going to achieve them. As Ralph Waldo Emerson put it, you become what you think about all day long. This is why meditation is a crucial component of your path towards superhumanhood. It gives you access to your powers of creation. And I truly believe that having a meditation practice and getting to know your mind a little bit will level you up as a human. I encourage you to start getting curious about the nature of your mind. And when you begin your introspection, beware, you're going to meet the blabbering, neurotic maniac that is your mind. But that's good because knowing it's there is the first step to breaking away from its thrall. Otherwise, it's just dictating the quality of your life and you have no say in it. Okay, so these are my six pillars. These are the values by which I guide and structure my life. And as you can see, they're not really instructions on how to achieve any specific goal, but rather they are means by which to fill yourself with value. And when you are a person of value. You simply float through life and opportunities fall to you and your goals have no choice but to come into your life. This is wealth. This is true wealth. 
And when you are wealthy, riches simply flow into your life. If you work on these six areas of your life, you can be that person who is fit and healthy and happy and loving and well-read and generous, who is achieving their goals and who's living a life of wealth and abundance. That version of you exists out there. All you have to do is align your mind and your actions with it. This is what I mean by being superhuman. You have something unique, something that only you could ever offer to the world. And by working on these six areas of your life, you can bring it into existence. I hope you've learned something from this episode. And I hope it has inspired you to be your best self. Your life is a movie and you are the main character. So what's the movie about? 